You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, November 29th. Happy Hanukkah to all my Hanukkah homies out there if you do celebrate. As always, I am your host, with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. You could check out my work there. You could also check me out personally on Twitter, at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, which I am currently pointing to. If you see me on the camera right now, and if you see me pointing, that means you're watching the YouTube channel, which you can find Locked On Padres on YouTube for all my audio listeners. A link to it is in the description of the episode. You can also check out Locked On Padres on Twitter, at LO underscore Padres, for all the Padres-centric memes and dreams that you might be uh, dreaming of. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you for making Locked On Padres, as always, your hashtag first listed every day. We are free and available on all platforms. My apologies for today's episodes coming out. Um, a, a little bit late. Uh, I was sick. I went a little bit too OD on the Thanksgiving. Let me tell you, I, I might have went a little bit too hard this past like five days, including Sunday. I was at a football game and all that stuff on Friday, on Saturday. It was a little bit hectic for your boy. So my stomach was acting up a whole bunch. I was feeling really sick and my computer just wasn't working. So apologies for the delay, but I promise you it is worth it because we have so much to talk about. Guys, it was awesome. We're going to be talking about the Padres trading Adam Frazier to the Seattle Mariners this weekend. That's really crazy. The first major move, aside from the hiring of Bob Melvin and Ruben Niebel and the coaching staff, in terms of player uh, acquisitions, the first big thing that they have done this offseason, and then reacted to a bunch of the signings that occurred over uh, the basically the last 24 hours, if we're being honest, but some of the big major signings of free agents over the last weekend and kind of reacting and talking about uh, how to feel about that because there's been a lot of signings and not a lot of them have got the Padres way. And I see some people, you know, maybe they're getting a little bit antsy. Maybe they're saying, hey, what's going on? So we're going to be talking about that, guys. But first, let's talk about Adam Frazier. Okay, Adam Frazier, the trade involved uh, the second baseman, obviously, from the Padres. And in exchange, the Padres acquired minor leaguers Ray Kerr and Corey Rogier pitcher and an outfielder in doing so they cleared roughly seven million in payroll brought some clarity to their infield and obtained potential help for next year's bullpen i think that's my basic kind of uh uh too long don't watch don't read version of this i think that uh some people were a little bit surprised by this i was too i just didn't expect it but when you think about it it actually makes a lot of sense this is a team that has a lot of infield uh, clutter. You know what I mean? We already know about the guy at first base. I'm not even talking about him, but I'm talking about Jerickson Profar, who exercised his contract option. He's coming back next year. And you have Hassan Kim, who, while he's a great defender, couldn't hit worth a lick last year, but he's getting paid a decent amount of money. So, in a lot of ways, you look at what Adam Frazier did for the Padres. Um, when he was acquired by them, he ended up hitting 267, 327, 335 in terms of his slash line for the Padres. And that isn't like the worst thing in the world, but it's certainly not great. But it was even worse because at the deadline itself, when it, the first two weeks, the guy was not doing anything right. He made some throwing errors, some base running blunders. He got caught stealing bases. He was hitting into double plays when the team really needs to score some runs. So he was kind of not the face of the Padres collapse. Certainly, I think the face of the Padres collapse is... 
uh, honestly, not like a player in terms of how they perform, but just that that video, that uh, clip of Tatis and Machado yelling at each other. While they weren't the ones at fault, that's just kind of like the, the image that's seared into our brains, right? But Adam Frazier was just this guy that, when the Padres had acquired him, I didn't hate the move. I'm not going to act like I knew it was going to be bad. My thing was like, okay, he's an impact bat potentially. He leads the NL in hits. But I did not love the fact that he wasn't necessarily the type of player that the Padres needed. The Padres needed um, a really solid defender, at least, and an outfielder, maybe, preferably an outfielder. Uh, but what they really needed was a guy who could just hit bombs. And that's why a lot of people were interested in Joey Gallo. And I know Joey Gallo was a little bit eh for the Yankees. <laughs> that's putting it lightly uh, for them when they acquired him. But they needed a power guy. They ranked like 21st in slugging, 22nd at home runs for the season. That's what they ended up finishing at. They were just not scoring guys. They had plenty of on-base skills. They didn't really need that. So it was a little bit weird that they acquired Frazier, especially considering that there was some evidence with Babbitt with his hard hit rate uh, that he was probably due for some regression. That much regression... That I can't say I expected. But nonetheless, he was not very good for the team. So it only made sense for them to move on and clear up some room. They're spending $190 million currently for next year. Um, and they spent a lot this year. So this is kind of just one of those moves that you look at and you say, okay, they're just trying to get some more prospect room. They're trying to refurbish the farm. And while these guys aren't you know, superstars or anything like that, they're not like some of the golden eggs that are currently in the Padres system with Campizano, with C.J. Abrams, with Robert Hassel and Mackenzie Gore. But still, you just want to have some depth. And some people might be wondering, well, what about some of these other guys? Why don't we trade for Luis Castillo? I agree. But one of the things that happens, and one of the things that I think happened in the Joey Gallo trade, is the Yankees were able to acquire him. And they gave a bulk package. Yeah, they didn't give up their prize possession. Jason Dominguez, Anthony Volpe, for people who might be familiar. I'm in a lot of group chat with Yankees fans. That's why I'm really familiar with their farm system. But, um, you know, they didn't give up those guys. They just gave up a lot of prospects, right? And that's the strategy in acquiring. And the Padres didn't have enough guys so they could give up a bulk package. And if they didn't do that, they didn't want to give up some of those stars because C.J. Abrams is another part of this. He could be playing on the team next year and he could be moving to second base, right? So it doesn't make a lot of sense to have Adam Frazier on this team. I thought the trade was perfectly fine. We're going to have to see whether or not these prospects turn out to be anything. But bottom line is their assets. And I like the move. I think that is a little bit depressing for sure. But for now, the other thing that we're going to have to be looking at is whether or not the Padres can trade away some guys like the guy at first base uh, that I will not name currently or Will Myers because that would free up a lot of things. We're going to talk about why that's going to be so, so important for sure. But again, I mean, like they said, look, Rogier, um, 12th round pick from UNC Greensboro debuted with Loe Modesto hitting 380, 451, 570 and 31 games. That's not too bad. Again, this is just a nice because you weren't going to use Frazier all that much, so it just makes sense to be like, we got to start refurbishing, we got to start retooling, get some some assets that way in the future, maybe you do a couple other trades this way or that way, then all of a sudden, you can deliver those bulk packages for guys that you may really need once the season is unfolding, and you're like, wow, we need power, then you're able to make those moves a lot more easily. Because C.J. Abrams, guys, that guy's going to be a stud. I really do believe so. And I think that guys like Hassel and Campizano have a whole lot of value. And Mackenzie Gore... He's a weird one. But anyway, guys, uh, that's how I feel about the Adam Frazier trade. The first major thing that they did, I don't believe too many people are going to miss him. The Mariners side of things, exciting for them. I hope that the Mariners do more moves just because the Mariners, I mean, come on, it's, it's easy to root for them. They haven't made the playoffs in like forever. So it's kind of like easy to just be like happy for them and hoping things go their way. Uh, I'm curious to see if they go even farther because I know their fans were a little bit disappointed by the events that unfolded the other day. And what were those events, everybody? 
We're going to talk about that in, in just a second, guys. But first, I want to talk to you about a stream, a direct stream. That's right, guys. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. It's really great. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, your favorite movies, your favorite shows. Maybe you want to watch some Netflix stuff. Maybe you want to watch some Succession. Maybe you want to watch the Padres, too. Whatever you want, they've got you all in one place. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. That's right. It's a pretty big deal. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about it at directtv.com. Remember, this is directtv.com for Direct TV Stream, ladies and gentlemen. Really cool stuff, if I do say so myself. Now let's move on. We gotta talk about free agency stuff, man. We gotta talk about free agency stuff because there's not too much to really talk about when it comes to Adam Frazier, if we're being honest, it's just a, a sensical move uh, in a lot of ways, but holy boy, holy boy, was there a lot of news that happened this weekend. Starling Marte signing with the Mets for four years, 70 plus million dollars. What else did we have here? The Rangers with the big, big money, the big cojones, they finally decided to spend. They are signing Marcus Simeon to a seven-year, $175 million contract. I joked on Twitter about how this was a joke, guys. Let me be very clear. I was joking about after they traded Adam Frazier. This was the first of many steps to make way for Marcus Simeon. I was, I was just joking. Uh, I tried to mess around. Byron Buxton re-signed an extension, or I should say, not re-signed, but he signed an extension worth $100 million for seven years with the Minnesota Twins. So a lot of the center field stuff is off the board. I already mentioned Starling Marte. Byron Buxton was going to be interesting to see if they maybe traded him, but turns out the Twins are keeping him. And a little thing on Buxton, I will say, good player, uh, rare power and speed combo. But I don't like that everyone's just assuming that he's like a, an amazing player because in fairness, a lot of his power... Uh, speed offensive stuff has come a little bit more recently. And also, the guy can't stay healthy. Is that a guarantee? I don't know. It's definitely worth a risk. Seven years, 100 million, not too bad. But I will say, let's let's be a little care. I want to see a little bit more before I start saying this is the best player in baseball. Yes, I've looked at his stat cast profile. It is very cool. But I just want to wait a little bit more before declaring that this guy's a top 20 player when healthy. That's just me. But anyway, another big thing that happened, Kevin Gosman, who was torturing the Padres, at least in the first half of this season, signed a five-year, $110 million deal. Then, also, even the Miami Marlins, they they, say, gave, they gave an extension to Santi Alcantara, who's a very solid young pitcher for them. Five-year, $50 million deal, or $50 million plus, I should say. And they also went and spent some money on Avisail Garcia, a four-year, $53 million deal. That one was a little bit unfortunate because I really liked Avisail Garcia. I thought that if the Padres can make some room, if they want to add an outfielder, Avisail Garcia, minus two and outs above average, but did have eight defensive runs saved. So he's a, at the minimum, an okay average defender. And what I've been saying for a lot of the offseason is this. I want a player offensively that is that is good for sure. I absolutely the Padres clearly need some good offense, but I don't want to have yet another minus defender. That's something that has really plagued the Padres with Myers, with the guy at first base. With, at times, even Tatis wasn't really great. Um, El Nino wasn't as um, fantastic at shortstop, so I didn't want to add another negative defender, just a guy who was okay. And Avicelio Garcia, while it is true that he hasn't had um, two consecutive seasons with a WRC plus over 100, which means that his offense has been very um, inconsistent, that is true. I still like that deal for Miami. I think it's not bad. I think he's an underrated guy. But I have to say, you know, it is a little bit weird that they didn't offer that to, to Starling Marte and just decided to keep him. 
little bit weird. I don't know. It's just me. I don't know. It's just me. But uh, anyway, and then, of course, uh, another big deal that happened. The Rangers signed John Gray to a four-year, $56 million contract. That's right. All of a sudden, the Rangers are big, big spenders. And honestly, I love to see it. This was so much fun. Um, and then some other moves that happened here. Jose Barrios uh, re-signed an extension with the Blue Jays. I don't know if that was actually last week. Um, but Corey Kluber signed with the Rays. Um Let's see what else we got here. Star Marte. Oh, the Mets signed Mark Canna to a two-year, $26.5 million contract. He was another one that I was really excited by because I liked his defense. And among WRC Plus leaders, he was amongst the top 15 since 2020. Very low-key. One of the better players in baseball. Great on-base guy. And seemingly a good dude. Love what he's been doing. Uh, kind of There's some, some cool stories about him you guys can look at. But I really liked Mark Canna. And for two years, 26.5. Oh, man, I really like that one a lot more than the Avicelio Garcia contract. I'll tell you that much because Mark Hanna, not as bad defensively either, and he's just an on-base machine. Um, so I, I'm, that one, he was up there, guys. I, I think Mark Hanna, I think my, my wish list was like Mark Hanna, Avicelio Garcia, Michael Conforto in terms of the guys that I really, really would have liked. I, any of them. Any of them would have got me kind of interested and excited, but um, that move happened. Eduardo Escobar signed with the Mets for two years. The Mets went big. And, oh, wait, I've totally forgot. What is wrong with me? I forgot the biggest story. That's because it hasn't technically happened yet. Max Scherzer is reportedly going to sign a multi-year deal with the Mets. I haven't gotten an update. I'm still waiting to see if anything big happens here. I have not seen anything just yet. No official uh, um, confirmation, but we should all know, as you Padres fans are familiar, oh boy, is it unfortunate. Matt, we're, we're used to Max Scherzer rumors, and it not exactly going our way. It was actually reported by Ken Rosenthal, too. A lot of people have made this joke that, uh, you know, it's a good thing Max Scherzer, that Ken Rosenthal hasn't, um, you know, messed up with the report on Max Scherzer before, but look. What I'm hearing there is that he's nearing some four-year, like, mega deal that could pay him an average annual value of, like, $42 million, which is insane. And here's the thing. Max Scherzer's great. Um, I actually disagree with some of my other baseball friends and uh, prognosticators that I talk with where, here's my thing. If you're going to make a bet on anyone, it's Max Scherzer. You want to make the bet on Mad Max, for sure. But he is 38 and going to be turning 39. And when you look at, and Keith Law wrote about this in his Top 50 Free Agents preview, if you look at the course of baseball history, there is it's basically unprecedented for Max Scherzer to keep up what he's been doing at this age. It basically hasn't happened before. Um, could he be a guy that's still a useful pitcher? I mean, Bartolo Colon was pitching until like he was 58 years old. That can happen. But is he going to be worth that $42 million a year that you're paying him? That's the bigger thing. It wouldn't surprise me if Max Scherzer could play into his age 42 season. But at this level... If you're paying that much money, that's a big, big commitment. And I actually, I don't know, that that just scares me. That just scares me uh, big time if I'm the Mets. Uh, but it is it is also very exciting. And at least what I will say is I don't want to hear the Mets fans if this goes south and Max Scherzer just is kind of like, I don't think he'll fall off in year one. But if he becomes like a, I said it before, what if he becomes Ryu? What if he becomes... You know, Hunjin Ryu, I should say. What if he just becomes a, a, a good pitcher for sure, but not worth the money? I don't want to hear Mets fans complain because all of you guys have been just yelling at Steve Cohen to tweet and do all this stuff. I can't wait to see his tweet if this Max Scherzer goes deal uh, deal goes through. I will live react to it on this podcast right now if it does happen. But um, 
lot of big moves. A lot of big moves. I really like the Gosman signing for the Blue Jays. They must be thinking, you know what? We're going to keep Barrios. We're going to extend him. He's a little bit younger and maybe has another notch. And he's also Puerto Rican, so they know Puerto Rican power is a thing. Um, <laughs> and then they also decided to sign Kevin Gosman. I wonder if that means that they think Robbie Ray is just going to get paid way too much. And they're saying, you know what? We're not going to be able to keep this guy. The, the Rangers overpaid. Whatever that means, uh, that's a little bit, uh, there's a lot to that. What do you say in baseball that someone's being overpaid uh, sometimes? Because it's like, all right, well, the Rangers weren't spending anything, so they just wanted to get a good player in Marcus Simeon. And I'm really curious to see how that goes. Shouts to the Rangers fans, man. They were suffering this last year especially after the trade of Gallo. Um, but I like the Blue Jays in saying, you know what, we're going to keep Barrios, we're going to bring in Kevin Gosman, because probably Robbie Ray is going to go for a whole lot more. That news might break, for all we know. Um, and it's very, I'd say it's it's not that all that, to tie up all that money in your starting pitching with um, uh, Ryu is already getting paid a decent amount, but then with um, Jose Barrios, I am stuttering a lot. Jose Barrios and Kevin Gosman, and then Robbie Ray. That seems like a little bit too much. I don't think they're going to go in that direction. I think they might go and sign maybe some some infielder type power bats, maybe to bolster their lineup a little bit and make up for the loss of Simeon. But regardless, um, very exciting stuff. My big takeaway is this: Why can't the off season always be like this? Why can't free agency always be? This is very NBA like, is it not? This is exactly what happens in the NBA. Like when you have like a big free agency class where it's like you have those 10 stars that are available, right? You always have that ultra super fun first day. Remember when like LeBron James heading to the Lakers? Did we expect it? Sure, but it's still really crazy that it becomes official and we get to talk about it. Last, uh, The last big free agency class that happened when it was, uh, what's his face? When it was uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, you know what I mean? Guys like that. Like, it's so, so, so much fun. And it usually happens, like, literally in the moment. Like, literally that day, free agency starts. We get all those signings pretty immediately. Well, baseball historically, famously, the Bryce Harper, Manny Machado year, those guys didn't sign until, like, four months after the damn winter meetings. We were, like, a month away from spring training. And, every, and I'm just like, look, everyone wants to see where those guys go, but this is taking forever. And one of the things I don't like is it's not like the long game ever affects the bottom line. The Rangers still gave Marcus Simeon a crap ton of money and an overpay in the traditional sense, perhaps. Perhaps. I don't I don't know exactly. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We still got that enormous contract. Um, I imagine Carlos Correa is about to get like $290 million, right? I imagine Story and Seager and all these guys are going to get paid a whole lot, right? And it's like, then why can't we do this sooner? Why can't we make it that this happens sooner and becomes so much more exciting that we're all checking our phones rapidly? Remember how fun the trade deadline was this year? That's what we're kind of getting with free agency right now. It is so much more fun if you have it within a few days and you just get to talk about it. Is it easy for me as a content producer? Because that it, it, it means that I don't get to spread out uh, the content as much. I can't wait a log and go day by day. Maybe, but at the same time, who cares? If the Padres were to sign somebody right now, I'd be able to talk about that for like two weeks. It'd be awesome. Uh, so I really think that we should look at that and say, now I know it is occurring in unfortunate circumstances with the CBA. That probably has a whole lot to do with why all these signings are happening right now before the labor strike, before the workshopage, whatever uh, phrase you want to use for it. But um, bottom line is I think this is so, so fun. I love it, and uh, I imagine that the Padres will be involved at some point. But to what degree will they be involved, guys? That is the real question, and that's the question I'm going to answer for you to a degree. Uh, before, before we get into that, guys, let me talk to you about one of my favorite things in the world, ladies and gentlemen. They are the best protein bars in all the land, everybody. And for today, Monday only, 
There's a Cyber Monday sale. We are, of course, talking about Built Bars, guys. Um, it is your place to aim your mouse this Monday. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy, 20% off everything site-wide, and even, even bigger discounts on stuff like Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. A brand new Built Bar flavor has also landed just in time for Cyber Monday, Caramel Almond Delight, and it delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate, check. Almonds, check. Delightful, check. Double check, triple check, whatever you want to call it. Be sure to get yours before they're gone. 150 calories and 17 grams of protein. They are very healthy for you guys. And they have a new special uh, puffs flavor. By the way, white chocolate cheesecake. That's super good. And why do I know that's super good even though it just came out? Because they sent me some. And they're so, so good. I love them so much. I'm not making this up, guys. They are healthy for you. Super fun and easy to chew and great variety of flavors from the aforementioned ones I just mentioned, and cherry barcia, and raspberry, and double chocolate, German chocolate, all sorts of stuff, guys. So be sure to check that out. Go to Built.com for these incredible tasting new bars and 20% off everything. Remember, head to Built.com and enter code LOCKED20 before it's too late. All righty, guys. We're in the final stretch now. We are, we are in the final stretch now, mate. All right. Let's talk about the Padres a little bit and and the, and the offseason. Now, again, I am going to do the thing where I base my feelings and vibes around the old Padres Twitter, at least partially. This might be a sentiment that's shared by a lot of people but isn't as much online and whatnot. And it's also just a general statement and reflection on this is what happens with teams that are contenders or honestly any team in baseball because it's such a long season that people get really antsy. And they're like, well, I just want to see my team do anything. I almost don't care anymore. Like, do you think the Rockies fans would care if they announced they signed Marcus Simeon to a seven-year 165? Like, should they be doing that right now because their team is good? I have a feeling some fan bases don't care because a bad baseball team is so much harder to get through than a bad basketball or football team. Basketball, you have at least that lottery to look forward to. And there's something, like, cultishly fun about rooting for a bad team sometimes where you're like, oh, we, we want to lose. We want to get the top pick. There's something fun about it. And then football, ah, go play fantasy. You know what I mean? Like, you're fine. It's only 16 games. Now, uh, 17, and while speaking of the NBA, Michael Porter Jr., likely done for the season. What the heck? But anyway, um, so it's a lot harder. So I will say this. I think that fans are getting antsy. I know some Padres fans are wondering, what is A.J. Preller doing? My response to that is this. You need to keep your expectations in check. I thought this was going to be a big offseason, or at least have the potential for a very big offseason because of the guy at first base and clearly them wanting to get him elsewhere, all right? I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if it'll cost too much. Maybe you could hope that the Rockies are dub or maybe that the Royals want to, you know, say, hey, let's bring back the hometown here. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm manifesting that right now. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that strictly. I'm just, you know, putting it out there, I guess you could say. Um, but... You know, with all that stuff, unless they're able to shed a little bit of salary, I don't think the Padres, you should be expecting them to go out and sign a superstar. And I'm not necessarily sure that they should. We already have done poorly with the guy at first base. There's already been some other weird contracts that aren't looking great. Even the U Darvish with what he's getting paid for right now. And they're spending $190 million. That's not chump change, especially for a team that historically never spent anything like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe billionaires should just keep spending. I think we should have a hard salary cap. Whatever. But... You know, I, I don't think that just wanting to spend should be a, a barrier necessarily. Whether or not your owner wants to spend should be a barrier to a team being good. But in fairness, the Padres have shown that they're ready to spend. Like, they've spent some money. So I wouldn't be that mad at them if they're like, uh, I don't know, man. Do we really want to 
you know, spend $180 million on Robbie Ray? Do we really want to go out and pay Corey Seager and some of these guys? Do we want to get Starling Marte for all that money just yet? Or do we want to wait and maybe get some value picks? Remember, it wasn't too long ago that we just saw that going and hunting for those under-the-radar targets can lead to great success. Go ask the San Francisco Giants. They signed Kevin Gosman to a one-year, like, $8 million deal, and then a one-year $15 million. I forgot what his contract was. And so this year, and now he's getting paid over $100 million by the Blue Jays, but he already was so great for them. They signed Alex Wood to a small contract. They got Anthony Discofani. They had um, Logan Webb. All these kind of under-the-radar players that really did big stuff for them. And then the biggest, uh, you know, culprit. Culprit's a weird way to put it, but biggest culprit of all, the Atlanta Braves at the trade deadline, what did they do? They trade for Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, Jorge Soler, guys like that, and it paid dividends. They just went a little bargain bin hunting. And when the Padres, since they are a team, unlike the Rangers, who don't really have too much of that stuff, you know, they don't, you know, um, the, the Marlins, they're ready to spend because, like, they don't have a lot of stuff. The Padres have a lot of pieces in there that could be exciting. Maybe you get some bounce back seasons from players in their starting rotation, like Blake Snell, like you, Darvish, like maybe even a Chris Paddock and, and guys like that, and Denelson Lumet if he's healthy, and you have established stars. You have Fernando Tatis Jr., you have Jake Cronworth, and you have Manuel Toro. You have him at third base. I just went nuts there. God, I love talking about Manny. Um, so it's not like this is a team that needs to go crazy. Maybe they need to find value picks. And there's still guys out there. Remember, we've got some decent infield guys, but also Michael Conforto, a guy who might take a prove-it deal. What I mean by that is he might only sign a one-year deal because his 2021 was so, so poor, and he's been great before. I mean, his slugging and on-base skills combined would be perfect for the Padres, and he's not too much of a minus defensively, assuming we don't get the universal DH and whatnot. But either way, that's really, really good. That could be a guy for one year. I might take that offer. You know what I'm saying? I might want to get uh, take a shot on my guy there. I really do. I think that he could be a really fun acquisition. And I think that there are still some decent pitching guys. You have your Tyler Andersons. You have um, no longer John Gray. But there's there's guys like Castellanos and whatnot. And I mentioned how Nick Castellanos, well, I do love his bat. If we don't get the universal DH and with how cluttered the Padres sort of lineup might be, it does scare me that he is not a good defender whatsoever. He is a super, super minus. But there's still plenty of guys out there, man. I mean, even if you want to look into... Some other like kind of offensive players. If you want to look at, let's see here, what do we got here? Yuli Gurriel, JD Martinez. If we do get the DH, there's still so many guys here. I mean, I'm just look. I'm scrolling through it right now. There's so much. Nelson Cruz, if you want to take a shot on him. Anthony Rizzo, former Padre. You want to take a shot on him. Jorge Soler, who I mentioned before. There's still a lot of interesting guys. But if what your expectation is, is that the Padres are ready to sign a superstar, it shouldn't be that. And this is why, guys, last year when they traded for Snell, when they traded for Musgrove and Darvish and all these guys, on top of all the payroll they already had committed, and they signed Hassan Kim, you need to understand that when you do spend the money now, that means you might not be able to do it later. So you got to hit on your big free agents. So that's my thing. You can be excited at one point. You can't be upset that because they spent so much and now they're just not going to run it back and do it again. You can't like be too upset about that. And I still think there's plenty of ways to maneuver. And I think, as I mentioned with the Giants and Braves, we just saw that the only way isn't just to go, who's the top 50? Who's the top free agent? All right, go sign him. The end. You know what I'm saying? Or top trade target in this case. Go, go, go get him. The end. There's a lot of ways to win. So don't be uh, too freaking out, uh, Padres fans. I think a big part of the Padres collapse was guys didn't perform well. Don't get me wrong. I've talked about how Drake Grisham, as an offensive player, really disappointed me. 
uh, this year. I thought he was going to take a step up. I really, really did. Um, hopefully he does next year. But the Padres probably shouldn't have been as bad as they were. There was a little bit of unluckiness in the sense of they were unluckily bad. You know how in football sometimes teams lose all the close games? That's kind of the Padres, but not necessarily close games, but just in the sense it's like no one even played at an average level, with the exception of a couple people like Cronenworth, like Tatis, who played like a star level, like Manny Machado, and then Joe Musgrove. Nobody could just be average. And if you just kind of have a regression to mean, and if at least guys are going to be average, and you get your stars to perform like stars, at minimum, I think that this could be an 87-88 win team. And then from there comes the, all right, what do we manipulate? What do we add to this team? I'm telling you, guys like Conforto could really help make a difference, even if it is just a one-year deal. And we'll have to see whether or not they get rid of the guy at first base. So that's my thing. Padres fans, do not freak out too much if the team does not spend money or go after one of these big-time free agents. They're going to cost a lot of money, and I'm not sure AJ Prowl and company have the budget currently, or at least are allotted the budget to go after them. Unless if they get rid of that guy at first, I wouldn't be surprised if then they're able to go make a splash. I imagine they're talking about it and they're thinking about it. They tried to do it at the deadline. We'll have to see. We'll have to see if it, if a team is uh, silly enough to listen to the magician that is AJ Prowl. So that's my thing. Don't freak out. It's still only one day. We don't know what's going to happen. By the time I finish recording this, we could get a trade announcement for the Padres. We could get a signing. Anything can happen. It is so much fun to be talking about this with you guys. And again, I really do think that uh, the team's best route is going a little bit lower. You know what I mean? I really do. I think that you go on the bargain bin end and try and find some prove-it guys like Soler, like Michael Conforto. I'm sad that obviously Yo Garcia is gone. Um, like Mark Hanna, who I was very, ah, man, I really wanted Mark Hanna, especially for that money, two years, 26.5. Like, that would have been really, really good, man. Ah, argh. Mark Hanna. Mark Hanna. I really wanted him. I really wanted him. But still, there is hope, guys. Stay faithful. Um, and with that all being said, that is basically it for today's podcast. But before we close things out, thank you once again for making Locked On Padres your hashtag first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. That is Locked On Bets, ladies and gentlemen, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms in terms of the future of this pod gonna be having some guests potentially this week that should be a lot of fun gonna be talking about that guy at first base and potential trade packages and seriously by the time i start recording tomorrow which is why i can't record yet we are probably going to get some more announcements we're probably going to get that that match signing we're probably going to get the bet signing probably for bets fans for your sake i I hope that he goes to uh max scherzer goes to the bets um that's good. And another thing I didn't mention is it's kind of cool that Kevin Gosman and Max Scherzer might be leaving the division. That's a nice thing you don't have to compete against. I don't know. Just just a little points to throw out there. Um, so that's going to be some things that we talk about and doing some more positional breakdowns and what have you, doing some lists and getting a little bit weird because we are in the holiday season. I am wearing a Santa shirt who is dabbing. If you guys are watching on the YouTube video, look. <laughs> we're, we're dabbing out here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so a lot of fun times ahead to be sure. Yeah, that's basically all I have to say, guys. With that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Free and available on all platforms. Go follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Lockdown Padres on YouTube and at L-O underscore Padres on the old Twitter for the Twitter uh, page for the show. 
Send me some questions on there. I'm working on my 400th episode mailbag. We are getting there soon. Send me questions on YouTube, on Twitter, through the DMs, through email, whatever you want. And I guarantee you, you will have a spot on the special 400th episode mailbag. But I've been talking to you guys enough. Until next time, stay safe and of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.